Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. How have you been since the last time we spoke? Oh, doing well. I um, woke up this morning with, I'm sure you've had this before, where you have the the little scratchy throat. And um, it came to mind that the life of faith is a life of constant evaluation. And so I was just evaluating, why would your throat be sore? What would it be? And it came to mind that your throat gets sore with dry air. And we were just talking about breathing in and breathing out, that the more you breathe in the word of God, which is moisture, then your throat won't be sore. And, and ultimately, it just came to mind that life and faith is is in seeking after the true faith of God is constant evaluation all the time. Like taking every thought captive means you're always evaluating what you're doing, why you're doing it, why things are happening, because that's part of the connection to Yah. So that, that was my morning Last couple of days, good. Uh, lessons learned, all learning all around, but that came to mind. And now thinking about that, I don't have the the scratchy throat. Like you don't know if it's the borderline, you've got something, or just because I tend to sleep with my mouth open and that's why my throat gets dry. But just it came to mind, just lessons and everything, if you really are thinking about it in faith. Well, and it's one of the, the uh, important things that's I uh, that we learn to do in this faith journey is to take any kind of ailment that we might have uh, to the best of our ability and just do some discernment and figure out okay I have a sore throat so I uh, did I misspeak something or did I um, speak something not clearly enough or you know like you you're saying it's doing an evaluation to be able to figure out does this physical ailment that I have represent something in my life? And I would say uh, probably the greatest majority of the time that I have some sort of ailment, uh, it's showing me something that's in my subconscious that I'm not aware of. And so it just gives me a good tool that when I'm sick or when something happens to go to, okay, how does this correlate to my spiritual life? Um, because it's it's important. I uh, if we want to have health to the best of our ability in this life, then God tells us in the Bible that walk in my ways and obey my commands, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So if you want health to the body, stop trying to do it through health food and exercise and all these things. Now, so there's not a 
a, a big uproar about those. I'm not saying don't do those things. If you want to, you know, if you're directed to eat something healthy or uh, you're directed to exercise, I'm not saying that, that not to do those things. But if you want the greatest ability to have health in your body, then you do what God's word says because it tells you that by obeying their commands and walking in their ways that it will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And if what you have is causing you, uh, if what you have spiritually is causing the physical pain, then you figure out what the issue is spiritually, there's a good chance that that pain will go away quicker or that cold or that flu or whatever it is that you have using those things as a representation of the spiritual life and then evaluating and digging in and figuring out, okay, I didn't see this. This has been causing me uh, spiritual pain. So I'm going to make adjustments and make changes in order that that doesn't happen. And then you find out that you heal quicker or you get better quicker. And again, I'm not making a statement that just because you obey God's commands and walk in their ways that you're going to have perfect health. You'll never have any kind of issue. That that means even a splinter or uh, a cough or a cold. I'm, I'm not saying that, okay, because we live in a corrupt world and our bodies are susceptible to disease. The objective goal is if I can use disease or injury to better myself spiritually, that's what I'm going to do because that's what the word of God says I can. Even if the the injury or the disease still has to run its course, it's still, I, I can give purpose to that disease. Not saying it happened specifically, but is it telling me something? Is my body telling me something? Because the body and the mind are connected. And if you don't think the body and mind are connected, just talk to somebody who has anxiety, who has panic attacks, because where does a panic attack come from? It comes from the anxiety in your mind which then causes your physical body to close down. So if you fix the anxiety in your mind to where you have that peace and that calm, then there's no panic attack. There's no physical effect on the body. So it's definitely a fact that if you fix something spiritually, it will definitely help your physical body. But, it's not a guarantee because we do live in a corrupt world. And the Bible says that a man is destined for two things and that's to live and then die. Once you're born into this world, you're going to die. Well, there's two things are once you're born in this world is to face judgment and the, or and die or die and then face judgment. Those are the two things: is dying and facing judgment uh, in the world. Because it's not a guarantee that somebody's going to be born. That's determined by the parents. That if the parents decide they're going to get together and 
uh, they want to have kids, then they'll do that. And so that's, that's determined by the parents, not necessarily by God. God laid it in place, put it in motion in the beginning in creation with Adam and Eve. And then they left it in the hands of man until Messiah. Now they put, they placed Messiah specifically in Mary, but that was after uh, the conception in the Holy Spirit and then the Spirit then placed Yeshua into Mary so that he could then come be like like us in every way. And he came to help us. And this is a, a big factor in what we want to talk about today. And it's, it is just, I would encourage people that uh, if you are truly seeking God with all of your heart and you have some sort of ailment, whatever it is, then seek God because it gives you an opportunity to fix something spiritually. And if you've gone through it and you figure out that, well, this really is just a, a worldly thing and it doesn't have a tie to my uh, spiritual and emotional life, then it's no harm, no foul. But if you can use it to learn something about yourself and then make changes, that's the ultimate goal because we want to continually improve and increase in order to be better for Yah. And so, Sean, you want to talk a little bit about this aspect of help? Well, with this, we got this concept at the very beginning when you asked me how I was doing because it, with this ailment, you get help that so much of the time we think, well, we ask God for help and then God just gives the help and here's the platter with the food on it and there it is where a lot of times the help is I've already given you the help. It's in my word that you need to seek after it and find it like where the, somebody gets sick in the hospital and they'll say, God, if it's your will, heal me of this. And God looks at it and says, well, it is my will for you to be healed, but there's a path that you've got to find to get it and seek after me and you'll find it because I know from my background, coming from Christianity, that you expect that God is going to do everything. Well, Yah will do what they do, but they don't do everything, because if they do everything, then what are we here for? It it makes me think of the concept of you're doing a construction project, something at home, and you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, and you get the tools that you need, and they do have people there that you can have to help you to actually do the installation of something, but they're there for a help. And the help is they give you the tools that you need in order to do the task. And that's what Yah does is that with what the question here, it says, help, does God help those who help themselves? And the answer is yes, they do. You must do your part so that Yah can do their part. We have this in scripture, draw near to God, and they will draw near to you, resist the enemy, the devil, and the devil will flee from you. You've got to do your part, do what the word of God says, 
because that's your part, which is faith. Because the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God because those that come to Yah must believe that they exist and reward those that diligently seek them. So if you want the help, you, you cry out to Yah for help and Yah will give you the help that you need, but Yah will not do the work for you. It, it makes me think of just going to Lowe's and asking for help. And I'll say, well, I need to do this or, or that task. I need this tool. And they'll say, well, here's the tool right here. It's the screwdriver set or ratchet set or whatever it could be. But then I've got to take the tool and use it and apply it. That if I get the tool and don't use it, then who am I going to get upset at, Lowe's? Well, you're supposed to help me. Well, I did help you. I gave you what you needed in order to do the task, but you must do it. We just talked about this recently with, with Cain, that Yah tells Cain that, Cain, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must master it. So you've got to figure out what it takes to master sin. Now I'll give you all the help that you need. I'll give you, when you seek me, uh, I'll give you knowledge and you'll have opportunity for understanding and to gain wisdom, which is experience. But I will give you what you need in order to do it. So many times people are taught in the world that, well, you just say this prayer or do this and then Messiah does everything. He, he's covered it all. Messiah's paid it all. And then you just sit back and relax. And well, we know that's not the case because if that was the case, then why still go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays? Well, if Messiah's paid it all and everything is, is great, then why continue to do what we're doing? If I know I'm saved, then there's nothing I have to do. So I just sit back and just live my life and, and go from there. But there's a misconception that Yah will do the work for you. Well, they will do their part, but we have to do our part because if not, then it's what's really speaking to me is there's no faith involved because seeking with all your heart takes a measure of faith. You've got to make the decision that you're going to seek with all your heart to find God because God says, seek for me. And you will find me when you seek with all your heart. So the promise is there that you'll find God. But the work for you to do is the help is I'm giving you information to seek with all your heart and you'll find me. But if you don't have that information, then you have no help to, well, well how do I do that? Well, I'll give you some help. Um, it means set your mind with absolution that you're going to seek with all your heart and never stop. Okay, well, that's a help. And just for me, because I've had this in my life, that you want it to be easy. You want somebody else to do it for you. And Yah will not do your portion of work for you. Now, they, Yah will do what we are not able to do, which is circumcision of the heart done by mother, that that's not something that we're able to do. That's something that Yah does. Yah giving grace, that's something that they do. So the things that they've decided to do that we're not able to do, they will do. But the things that they've set aside for us to do is for us to do. That they will not do the work for us. They will give us all the help that we need to do the work, but we must do it. That those that claim to be in him, 
must walk as he did, the meaning that we have the responsibility to look at the Word of God, read it, understand it, walk in it. But it's just like the Beatles song that came to mind because I actually had a a presentation at work many years ago for customer service, and this was my song that I used at the beginning, the Beatles song that many many of you all may know that help. It says, help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, I need someone that, yes, Yah will provide the help, which is the assistance. But it's our responsibility to actually take the help and apply it in order to really benefit from it. So those are the thoughts that I had on that so far. Well, the aspect of help... There's, there's a way to get help, and then there's a way to try to get somebody to do something for you. And I'll use the example you used it going to the, say, going to Lowe's. So you go into Lowe's, and you want to know where the, uh, you want to know where the screws are, and you ask somebody, hey. Where are the screws? Okay. And they they start walking down and you follow them and they walk you right into the aisle and they point them out to you. Did they help you find the screws? No. They found them for you. The one who gives you help is you go in and you say, hey, I'm looking for uh, drywall screws. Where where can I find them? And aisle 15. And then they go on about their business, and you go down to aisle 15, and you walk in aisle 15, and you walk down the aisle, and you look until you find them. Okay? Now they helped you. They didn't do it for you. And this is the same concept with God, is God's going to tell you what aisle you need to go to. That's the reality of it. But you have to walk to the aisle. You have to uh, do those things. There are some times or some things that obviously you can't do that like circumcision of the heart. But I'll put it to if somebody's you hire a contractor to do a job for you. They're not helping you. They're doing a job for you, okay? If they were helping you, they would be side-by-side with you telling you what you need to do and letting you do it. But what help am I doing for you if you're not involved in the process? It is no help at all. It's either charity or business. I'm either going to do it for you because I want I want to or I'm going to do it because you're paying me to. But either way, it's not help. And so the aspect of help, did you have something? Uh, just, it just came to mind just to interject that. So the because of brainwashing and mind control and cognitive dissonance, that when most people say, help me, a lot of times they're not saying, show me how to do it so I can do it. They're saying, fix this for me. And, and take this pain away. Like 
God, please help me, meaning take this cancer away so I don't have to deal with it. And you ask God for help with cancer, and they say, okay, well, in the Word of God, it says, like you said, that don't be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil, and that'll bring health to your whole body. So look at the Scripture. Well, I need help. I need help right now. There's the Scripture that... The, the help right now is it's not going to go away right now that there's a process for you like the contractor that they're going to build a house well i want the house now no there's a process to go through for you to get it but just it just came to mind to interject that i didn't even because when you were talking about them showing you where it was i was like yeah they're helping you but it's like i didn't it, it clicked that no the the i'm giving you guidance so that you can discover and that's what y'all wants us to do you discover this if I do it for you, you don't discover, you get information, but building a house, for example, which you've done, that I can't discover building a house if you do it for me. The, the way to discover it is, all right, Sean, do this. This is what you need to do for to do this part and that part and go do it. Oh, man, I didn't realize. Wow, this and that. And that's the thing is the what we talked about on the podcast that finding at the end of it says the finding discovery. How can you discover something if somebody else is always doing it for you that you're, you don't get heart knowledge of it. You, you have head knowledge that, okay, I can see that this is, this is done. And that's the thing. Well, Messiah has done everything. So I just accept him. And well, no, he discovered the faith journey. He walked it. So now you do as he did. This is, here's your help. Look at Messiah's life. Do what he did. That Yah says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, if you want to be pleasing to God, then walk as the son did. So I, that just came to mind that in the lower conscience, in the upper conscience, you're saying, help me. But it's really saying, do this for me so I don't have to deal with the pain or take the pain away. Well, I'll give you the help to take the pain away, but you must do what's necessary for the pain to go away. That if you're having headaches, then figure out where you're being anxious or where you're worried that's causing the headaches and discover it. And then, Oh, wow. Thank you for the help. I didn't realize that my headaches were coming from anxiety. Well, now that I see that, then I'll, I'll make a change. So it just came to mind that, that cause I know I've done this is that you expect God to do it for you. And that means when they do it for me, they're helping me, but that, that's not the case that I will give you direction and, you discover it as opposed to me just doing it for you. And it is important to understand that God will, uh, they will work with you side by side. They, the help is not just a verbal that they'll help. And, uh, what came to mind is when we built, uh, when we did the deck on your house that, uh, me and Edward, we helped you. You didn't, we didn't just, go out there and you sat inside and drank tea and did what you wanted to do. And no, you were involved in the process because if that wasn't the case, then it would be, no, you pay us to do it. Or we say, no, you're, you know, if you're not, you're physically not capable, we'll do it for you. But that's not a help that we're helping you. Uh, from a maybe from a financial perspective because you can't afford it or whatever the case may be but the objective is is that when we built your deck you work side by side with us and 
that's what God's looking for. God wants you to be working side by side. They want to help you. They, there are things that they will do for you as you are doing for yourself, meaning for your, not for your selfishness, but for self that this is what's necessary for the faith in the journey. And so God will work side by side with you in help, but they're not going to do it for you. And they're not going to uh, start doing it and wait and, and hope that you're going to jump in and help. Now they're going to say, Oh, when, when you put your hand to the plow, you put your hand to one hand, one side of the plow, what are, we'll put our hand to the other side of the plow. And as hard as you push is, is as hard as we will push. And so if you push really hard, then they're going to push really hard and the job gets done quicker or you push lightly, then they're going to push lightly because they're not going to overtake you because they know that that's not a help, that that's just actually going to make you weaker and lazier because you're just going to more and more just sit back and let them do the work and kind of fake and act like you're doing the work, but you're not really doing it. And we live in a society today that when people think about help, what they're thinking in their mind is they want you to do it for them. They don't want help. They want you to do it for them. And you, you cannot be helped if you're not willing to help yourself. Now, yes, there are limitations. That's why you need help that you can't just blanketly help yourself because you need God. If you're going to have the fullness of faith in God and you're going to walk in those ways, then you have to have God's help. But God is only going to help you with the amount of input that you put into it. That it's the whole concept, draw near to God and they will draw near to you. In the way that you draw near to God, they will draw near to you. So when you put your hand to the plow and you're pushing that plow uh, at whatever rate you're pushing it, then God's going to put, they're going to apply the same amount of pressure to the other side of the plow so that the plow will stay forward and go in a straight line. And as you increase pressure, they will increase pressure in order to keep that plow plowing a straight line, a straight row for you to plant that seed. Uh, and if, because if God pushes harder than you, then the row sharply turns and it's not a garden row. Or if you're trying and people do this, they try to go out in front of God. They tried to do it themselves and they're pushing harder and they veer off to the left. And scripture says, don't veer to the left or veer to the right. And one of the key factors in this is know that how hard you push from the right perspective, don't try to out push God, but you are putting your effort forward to do the best that you can. And God will match that. And the, the uh, more endurance you get, the stronger you get, the harder you push, the harder God will push. 
And this just is the avenue that moves your faith journey along because you have to put your hand to the plow. And because if I plow it for you, I didn't help you. Because help entails the fact that you actually are doing work alongside of me or I'm giving you the direction. It's like doctors don't heal people. The, the body innately and not just the body, but the mind are designed to heal themselves. If you use the right, uh, the right tools and the right things to do, then you assist the body in healing. But if you break your arm and the people in the ambulance are trying to help you by putting it in traction uh, because they got to get it stretched back out and, and close to back in place and you won't let them do it. Well, that's just going to make it harder for you and they can't help you because you're fighting them. But we live in a world where people want, they think help is that you're going to do it for me. And if you didn't do it for me, well, you didn't help me. Well, you're right. I didn't help you. I either did it for you or I didn't do anything because you you weren't deserving of the help because you weren't willing to put your hand in the work in order to get it done. And it's necessary that if you want help from God, you have to help yourself. You, you, you have to be in the mindset of help and knowing you need help does no good. Wanting help does no good. Desiring help without your going to attitude, absolution of what you're going to do, then you cannot be helped. I don't care whether you have a physical condition mental condition, and many times people will try to help somebody who does not want your help. They, they have maybe a mental issue or a financial issue or a physical issue, and you have advice, and you're giving them advice that, that you know that if they follow it, it will help them to get better on whichever area or avenue that it is. But if they don't want your help, there's nothing you can do. And this is why we don't just go standing on a street corner, just screaming at the top of our lungs, repent or perish, repent or perish. No. Why? Because it is no help to anybody. The only help we can be is when somebody decides, I need help. I don't know how to do this on my own and I'm going to try to seek out somebody who's going to give me the answers. And when I'm seeking out somebody to give me the answers, I'm not going to be satisfied with a political answer or a non-answer. I want to know the answer, uh, the, the help for this. And I want to know it with absolution and I'm going to, keep digging and finding out and having discussions until I find somebody that can help me, which means 
somebody that's going to give you the direction necessary, but they're not going to do it for you. You, you, somebody's on drugs and they're put into a mandatory rehab. Nothing's going to change because they don't want to change because people do things and it's not just illegal drugs, hey, drugs, alcohol, uh, TV, uh, cell phones. People get uh, encapsulated inside those things to escape their life. It's one of the biggest things about watching TV is a lot of times you're not really watching. You're just trying to escape. And it could be video games. There's a variety of different things that it could be. But you have to figure out, do you want the help? And what are you willing to do to get that help and to be healed? Because... When we talk about having faith in God, you have to be willing. Your will to have faith in God has to be greater than any kind of suffering or struggle that can come your way. Even if it was like Messiah to be beaten and hung on a cross, that your desire for salvation has to be greater than anything that will come your way in order to get healed. Who is the one who gets away from drugs and alcohol or smoking or whatever it is that they're doing? It's the one that determines, I need this, I want this, but I'm going to do it. You have to set a mindset that I'm going to do it and never change that mindset. That's how you achieve things in life anyway. The things that you don't, you don't want to do, you're not going to put the effort forth. And, and somebody will say, well, yeah, I really want to get rid of this. But then you tell them something that they need to do to start working on it. And they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, that means you don't know. Because even if I don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to exhaust that first and figure out that it doesn't help. Before you say, well, that wasn't any help, because if anything else, it was a help to see what not to do in the process. But no matter what it is that you have, I mean, we, we definitely want people from a spiritual perspective to be digging in and looking, but from a physical perspective as well, uh, from a mental perspective, from your uh, mental imbalances, you have to be willing to endure any pain that is involved to get to the end achievement of it. And if you're, you are set in your mind like that, then your actions will just continue to, to work and go and push and figure out different things and look for the help and ask for the help. And somebody will tell you, okay, do this. And then you do it. Okay, well, that helped a little bit. Is there something else I can do? And so you're engaged in your own uh, healing process. You can't be healed. A lot of times people will 
be told to suppress rather than heal? Why do we give out, not we, but why do psychologists, psychiatrists, and general practitioners give out anxiety and depression medication rather than teaching the people what they need to do if they want to be healed, if they want to get away from their anxiety? What do I need to do? Um, medication is not, never fixes it. Whether that medication is a depression drug or it's the video game that you lock yourself into for hours just to escape from the world, it's still a medication. And so we can't just look at somebody who's uh, taking antidepressants and say, well, I'm not taking those, so I'm not depressed. But I lock myself into uh, TV shows or video games or uh, flipping through the phone or whatever it is that gets your attention that you need to be looking into because it's just as bad. And so this aspect, God does help those who help themselves, meaning that you can't do it by yourself. But you definitely can't do it without God. But it has to be a combination effort. And however much effort you put forth, God will put forth. So if you really have a determination that you're going to do something and you're putting forth that indignation, longing, and alarm, then God will do the same thing and you will achieve that goal quicker than you will for it to linger. You know, somebody is seeking God with all of their heart and they have that absolute mindset of I'm, I'm, I'm at this and I'm going at this and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to do the absolute best I can, continuing to cry out to God, call out for understanding, seeking other people that will guide me along this journey. You can move through faith in a shorter period of time rather than an extended period of time, but King Agrippa, well, Paul was saying, well, I, I doesn't matter to me whether you gain it in a small period of time or a long period of time, but the fact is that I want you to gain it. Now, whether you gain it or not will determine of whether you help yourself, whether you set your mind that one, I know and this is a key factor. See, you have to know you need to help. The, the, the reason we can't just go busting into Christian churches and trying to tell people this truth is because they don't want it. And if they don't want it, it it's not our responsibility to try to get them to want it. Because without them wanting it and then making the decision they're going to go after it, we can do nothing. I cannot help them. It's an impossibility. And I'll give you an example from my life. I have a, a brother who is a Christian and well-known uh, by a lot of people. And uh, he's come to me. There was an incident when he was living in Georgia that happened and he lost his job in Georgia and came uh, came back home 
and he lived with us for a little while and he was asking me advice on on the situation that happened and i gave him a, a godly advice about what he needed to do with that situation and i uh, but he chose to take the advice of his christian friends and suppress and hide the issue and then several years later uh, he had another issue uh, uh, that came out over time that he was having some anxiety and uh, he came to me again and was telling me that he was spiritually, he felt like he was spiritually dead. And I asked him, you know, because I want to help him, but I asked him, I said, you know, what are you willing to do? How bad do you want this to go away? Well, if it's easy, well, that's the end of the conversation. I can't, I can't help you. I can't help you because you're not willing to do the work. And so, and in these circumstances, God was throwing these things in front of him so that he would seek out godly counsel in order to be able to change, get away from Christianity and find true faith in God through Messiah, not not through what Christianity is teaching about the Son of God. It's to get away from that. And then years later, God's thrown another pitch at him, and now he's laid up in a hospital, and he's uh, fighting for his life, and but how many times does God have to put it in front of you in order for you to wake up and, and say, I need to do, I, no, I don't need, I'm going to do something different. When, when are you going to hit that rock bottom and figure out that I need help, but I can't expect God or anybody else to do it for me. I have to work side by side with the one who's helping me. And that will be God first. And then people in life that, that uh, have the truth of God, that both you and them can work back and forth because there's something that you've dealt with in your life that you will uh, figure out that they, the other person deals with, and then you'll be able to give them the help. But if you're helping somebody, you want to see them putting forth the effort to do what's necessary to achieve the goal. And so uh, with my brother, I, I, I hope that he sees in this last incident, if, if he comes out of it cognitively enough, to understand that God's throwing you pitches and you struck out on two other, I mean, you, you got a strike on two other pitches. Don't strike on this one. If you strike on this one, there may not be a third pitch. I mean, a fourth pitch. Don't strike out. But I cannot. I've offered, you know, I often told him that, uh, about the podcast, and he might listen to part of one. And of course, you know, we start talking about Christianity. Well, you know, that's not really for me. And 
okay. I can do nothing for you. Uh, We can help people. Absolutely. No question. Without fail. We can help people. But one, we cannot do it for you, nor will we try to do it for you. And you have to pursue the help. We're not going to pursue you because we know that you have to want the help in order for any help given to actually be help. Otherwise, it's just going to be wasted casting your pearls before the swine because the person doesn't want help. And this this is not just a faith thing. This is in the world. How many times you see somebody and you know they need to change something and you 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 know because you've experienced what they're experiencing, what they need to do, but they don't want to do anything about it. They, they don't, they haven't decided that I want to change this issue. I'm taking drugs. I don't want to change this issue. Well, what you do to them is not going to be help at all. Matter of fact, it's going to be a hindrance because uh, that you're trying to force something on them. And I experienced this with my son who had one of those online dating relationships that was, I. Uh, we knew it wasn't real, but he didn't. And the more we tried to convince him to uh, get out of it, the more he dug in and he wasn't going to get away from it. And it wasn't until we finally just let it go and was like, we're just not going to, you You go, you live your life. Now you're not going to live it here in my house in front of me, but you go live your life. And you, you have to t- suffer the conf- consequences. Well, after that, that's when he made the decision that he needed to change something. And then he started going through the process of help in order to uh, carry out and to get away from that aspect. But it didn't matter what we did when his mind was set. That's what he wanted. We could do nothing except for force him to dig in and fortify his position because we're trying to tear it down. And we were trying to do it, and friends of his were trying to do it with the right mindset or with the right uh, the, the concept in mind that we know that this isn't right. You're not seeing it, but we want to help you. And so continually voicing that opinion and, you know, even some cutting off ties with him, which we did, but we had to because it was, okay, you've got to figure this out. So you, you've got to, we're not going to press you on this anymore. You go live your life. He figured it out after he made the decision that he was done with it. And so no matter who you're talking to, no matter what the issue is, Stop trying to convince them that you know what you're talking about and just wait until you see them shift. When you see them shift, then you can ask them, do you want help? And if they want help, then they'll say, yes, I, 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 I want to figure this out. I need to, I, I need to, I want to, and I'm going to, well, in order for you to get past any addiction in life, you have to 
be willing to endure whatever pain is necessary for that addiction, that thing that has control over you, to let loose, to let go of. And we want to help people from a spiritual perspective, but I can do nothing. I don't go to other family members of mine, and I'm not intending to go to the brother who's laid up in the hospital from the perspective of uh, pressing the truth of God. If he wants to know the truth, he'll come to me. And if he comes to me a third time, then it's going to be laid out as plainly as it can be, but it's still going to be have to be his choice. He's going to have to override the feel-good of what he gets from Christianity to actually heal and get better. How many times people get addicted to pain medication and they go to the doctor because, well, they got something else hurting or that sometimes people will intentionally hurt themselves so that they can get that pain medication because they don't want to get off of that pain medication. And no matter what it is, if it's an addiction to uh, video games, it could be an addiction to pornography, it could be uh, an addiction to drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, it could be money. That person has to decide, I'm done with this. And when they are truly done with it, is when they will start to seek out help. And when they seek out help is when they can start on the journey and the process of getting that help. But the help has to be, yes, I will work side by side with you. But if I see that you think that I'm going to do it all for you and it's going to be everything I tell you is just going to make everything better, then I'm going to stop helping you because I'm not helping you anyway. And a lot of people will do that because I'm helping him. I'm helping this person. And no, you're not. How many times people think on that? We brought up the show hoarders before. How many of those people that aren't the hoarder really think that they're helping the hoarder by forcing them to get rid of the things that they have that they don't want to get rid of. You you force them to get rid of those things. Other things are going to take that place because they don't want to change. Why? Because that's got an addiction on them. It's got a grip and a hold that that's um, that's their coping mechanism for whatever tragedy or trauma happened in their life. And when you start to try to take that away, you you actually, in the pretense of help, you're actually causing more harm than you are good. And so a key factor and a key thing that we want to balance and look at as we walk through uh, the aspect of wanting to help people is we want to be looking for that change in somebody, that shift, 
that repentance that says, no, I am done with this. I am doing this. Now, help me. I need the help. Okay, I can do that. But we can help nobody in Christianity if they don't want to let go of Christianity. Why? I just, I feel this way, and I feel like all these things are are not right, and I, I feel this, and I feel this. I don't care what you feel. I can't help you until you determine, you know what? I've seen through the word of God that this is wrong and it's not appropriate. So I'm not going to, I'm not doing this anymore. I I need to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out. And then, okay, well, I'm going to start looking for help. I'm going to start asking people and I'm going to see. And some people may be able to help and some people may not, but I, I'll evaluate that. And okay. But there has to be a shift within somebody. There has to be a repentance, a turning away from whatever it is that's holding them and gripping them. And that will happen when they are willing to endure whatever pain is necessary to get to the end result. Just listening how y'all speaking in this, that I had a, couple scriptures come to mind and actually got more understanding on what I thought that I understood to a point of draw near to God and they will draw near to you. And I got a, a vision as Yah was just speaking that you're on a plow. And when, when Yah had mentioned that and the effort that you give is the effort that they will give. What I looked at in my mind is, is that like feel like we're facing each other that I thought, all right, if I draw closer to you, it's just like, like an escalator. Like you'll just keep coming towards me. Like I'm, I'm coming towards you. You're coming towards me, but I didn't see it from the perspective of when I put my hand to the plow, then you'll put your hand to the plow, meaning God that draw near to God and they'll draw near to you. They'll start doing their part. Not, and yes, it is, literally you draw close and then they come to you. And the way I thought of this was when Yah says this, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. And it made me think that Yah is saying in order for me to step in and do my part, you do your part. You put your hand to the plow to where I'm going to do this, y'all, because I believe you. And then they start working side by side with you. And then with you and y'all, the healing process starts. It isn't just you just sit back and wait. And the other scripture was, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength or mount up on wings like eagles, meaning it's not that I'm just waiting on God. It's the waiting is, yeah, I know you're going to do your part, so I'm going to do mine. And I'm, I'm not going to be concerned about you. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to do what you want me to do. Just like you wait on somebody in a restaurant. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do what it, what you, what is pleasing to you. I'm going to do this. And then you, in your weakness, you get strength because I got you as you're working like that. That's such a wonderful feeling with somebody, especially with Yah, that you start doing the work and the person comes along to help you. And they're like, I got you. I'm here with you. And you're like, oh man, what a comfort that with the deck. All right, Sean, go do this. I don't know, because I have, I got you here. And I remember even Josh said this. 
I don't know if he's listening now or will listen, but I remember this when we went on this ropes course, when we went for Passover and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't, this is so, and he just says, I got you. I'm, I'm here right beside you. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm glad he's here. He knows what he's doing, but in order for me to get that, I got you, it's get out there on the ropes course and, and I got you. Or, Cause remember, well, how do I get on this platform? Cause I would go to the platform and keep falling on it and rolling up. And you're like, Sean, don't do that. Do this. So you're giving me help. But when you go, just relax. And, but you're not like, hold on, Sean, get off. Let me, let me latch on and let me do it for you. You're like, no, come on. You, you got it. Just relax, it, relax your legs. Just, and it made me think of Yah that, that that's where the faith comes in is that you draw near to God because you're diligently seeking them. And the reward is I'm, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm right here with you. I've, I've got the help. I'm with you, heart and soul. You commit to me, heart and soul. I commit to you, heart and soul. So I just, for me, and I don't know about you or anybody else listening that what y'all will give you, but for me, it, it gave me a different picture of, it's not just a proximity thing that you start talking to God and they draw near to you. It's you start applying the lessons of what the word of God says and Yah's there with you and they will work with you and help you along that it, what that's telling me in a more detail is that Yah is saying that you do your part and I'm right here with you, but don't look at it from what's that footprints is that poem or anecdote where Yah is just carrying you through the, through the beach. And it's like, no, if you're not willing to get up and move, Yah's going to allow you to sit there and they're not going to pick you up and carry you all the way across. Now they, they will help to give you assistance and, but Yah's not going to sit there and carry you all the way across. And I can't remember what it is, but I just remember we talked about that process is that, you know, that I was carrying you well, but if Yah is carrying you, you're, you're still like a baby that, yeah, like a young child gets carried for a time when they're not able to walk. But once you're able to walk, well, I'm not carrying you anymore because you have the ability now to walk and, and to run. Another scripture with this as well, just to give the word of God aspect of this. Messiah, that the one who, and the word says here, those that hear these words of mine and put them into practice, well, the putting it into practice means that you're listening to what Yah is saying that the one that listens, puts these things into practice is likened to a wise man or woman that build their house on the rock and the winds came and the storms come, the struggle, the suffering and struggle, but the house will stand because it was built on the rock. But if you don't put these things into practice, then it's not going to help you because you're not going to benefit from it because you'll be building something on sand and you're going to struggle and suffer. And if you don't do what the word of God says, then you're going to struggle. But this is a huge thing because it's so true that because of brainwashing, mind control, cognitive dissonance, we will tell people things and people will think that they're being talked at. And they are that, well, God is talking at me or you're talking at me and you're making me feel this. Or you're making me feel that. And we can't make you feel anything or do anything. It's your decision. But if somebody doesn't just reiterate, if somebody doesn't have the drive to change, 
all they're going to do is just, they're going to dig in further. It's just like if somebody comes at you and you don't want to change something and you get frustrated, you dig yourself deep, but you, you dig yourself in your mind that, no, I'm not changing. You're not going to force me. And that hoarder show, how much editing they do on TV for the show, not really sure, but you can see people that they'll be like, are you willing to do this? And yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to. And you can watch the body language of when they're getting rid of stuff. And are you okay with this? No, no, no. I want to keep this. And well, I thought you said that you were willing to work with us. Well, I just want to keep this one thing that, and they get rid of everything, but they don't get rid of everything because the physical materials are there, but the hoarding is in the mind. So unless you change the mindset on why you're hoarding and heal from the reason that you're doing the hoarding, I can almost bet you that if they had a follow-up show on some of those, that they would go back to that home and it would be either right back the way it was before or starting the process of getting it back. Cause a lot of these houses are just been, I mean, they haul almost like tractor trailer size away from all the, the stuff. So it's going to take time, but it'll go back to that. And I actually saw a guy that was cleaning people's houses that were hoarding and all the bugs and all the stuff. And he cleaned these houses and, but if you don't figure out mentally, emotionally, the reason for letting it get to that point, it's still that dirty anyway. So all you're doing is really just like you said, Phil, that you're suppressing it. You're giving a medication for it and it doesn't really help the person. It, yes, it cleans their house and it makes them possibly for a little bit of time feel a little bit better. Oh, wow. But when I was watching the one show that the guy was cleaning, he said that the owner felt guilty for when he was doing that. And I thought, why would you feel guilty about it? But then it came to mind. Well, yeah, cause you, you realize that, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I got this far in this and how did I get myself to this? And, but where's the healing in it? The healing would be you discovering the issue that you have and you're going to work on it and change it. Then the healing can begin. And there's a, a song out there called Healing Begins, and it says, when you come to where you're broken within, the light meets the dark. So until you break and realize that you really, really need the help and you want the help and you're going to pursue it, then that's when the healing can begin. Because other than that, you just stay in that, you just keep suppressing and you keep hoarding and you keep just adding to the big trash pile. And we've all done that with the lower conscience, all the, the garbage we put in over the years, it's been hoarded in. And now with the help of Yah, through the circumcision of the heart, that we can now look at all this big pile heap in the lower conscience and say, didn't realize that there was so much junk in here that's dysfunctional. Now is the ability to go through it, see what's functional, what isn't, and replace it with more of the function and get rid of more of the, the dysfunction. And Phil, we were told this by Yah a while back that all we can do and what we're doing with this podcast is all we can do is just put the food of God, the living water there on the table. And even the word says in Revelation that anybody that wants this water, come. Anybody who wants to drink of this living water, come. It's not saying you have to come and drink it. And it's here. It's available that the 
it's available for anybody that wants it, but you've got to come and drink that you could be as thirsty as can be. And there's a big picture of, you mentioned iced tea. So we use that iced tea on the table with ice cubes in it. And you got the condensation drizzling down the side and man, I'm thirsty. I just, I don't know how to, I just want something to drink and it's sitting right there. Go over and drink it. Well, I just, I don't know. It's just too hard to get there. And well, if you don't want to drink it, then you're not going to benefit from it. Yah even says, Israel, why will you die of Israel? Repent and live. Everything that you need, I have I have all the ability to meet all your needs according to my glorious riches. Why don't you turn to me so that I can heal you? But if you don't want to do it, then it's not going to help you if I attempt to force you. It's just like I want people to, starving people to eat, and you're just trying to force feed people, and they're going to reject it. They're not going to want it. But that's the thing. The people that we're looking to reach are the ones that are seeking with all their heart that really want to know the truth no matter how it affects them. And that's a mindset to make with absolution because the actions will follow the heart every time that you set it in your mind first that I'm going to seek after this with all my heart, no matter how it affects me, no matter what pain, no matter what would happen, that's what I'm going to do. Those people were able to help because the word of God will be out there and they'll, well, you know what? Cognitive dissonance is there, but no, I'm going to push through this because this is right to do. I see it in the word. This is what I'm going to do, but you have to be willing to push back against the cognitive dissonance and allow yourself to be brainwashed with the truth of God, that the truth of God is living and active. And it's up to us if we want to change anything but this is, as Yah is speaking today, Yah is speaking to us as well, and Yah has given me a lot of insight on my life as well. And, and this, the messages that we give are for everybody that are listening. But just realize that Yah is not a personal secretary that just comes to you and does whatever you want to do, whatever you ask, just on a whim. That, yes, they will listen to those that belong to them and those that are seeking with all their heart that they will, they listen, they hear. But yeah, I even told us, told my wife years ago that I'm not your personal secretary. I'm not somebody that you just come to for me just to do something for you because you just want something for you. So faith is a journey, but we are not here to force anything on anybody. If anybody doesn't want to listen to this, if they disagree with it, then you can listen to something else. These are, this is for people that really want to know the truth. And people may look at that and say, so you're telling people not to listen. If you're listening in on this and you're not willing to accept that you could be wrong or that you are wrong, then, then don't listen. Cause it's not gonna, there's no benefit for anybody listening to this unless they really want the help. Because if you are convinced in your mind that what you believe is right and you hear something and because of the cognitive dissonance, you're like, no, wrong. Well, then go to something else. We're not, not only are we not forcing people, we cannot force people to understand this truth that we understand. The only way that you're going to be able to obtain what we've obtained is you have to do what's necessary to do what the word of God says, and you'll discover it as well. But 
once again, do not listen to this and just say, oh, absolutely true. Well, say yes, absolutely true, because this lines up with the word of God. And again, just reiterating the fact that you have to want it and you have to want it so bad that you're willing to go through whatever it takes. And I'm going to read this from Messiah's own words, uh, which, which tells you that very thing. Uh, this is in, um, I believe it's Luke. Uh, Large crowds were traveling with Yeshua, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother, his wife and his children, his brother or his sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And we think, well, that's that's kind of harsh that you, you have to hate those people. Well, if you don't, those people are going to cause you to stay where you are and you're not going to be able to have that faith. And what that's saying is that your desire to know the truth of God has to be greater than anything else in your life, including yourself. And yourself is probably the, uh, it's the last one mentioned, but probably the, uh, the most important one because that is the hardest one to overcome is self because that's what we've been trained in this life is to love ourself in selfishness, not to love ourself in true righteousness. And so in order to, uh, in order to achieve anything, you have to have that same attitude. I don't care what other people think. And I don't mean from a hateful perspective. We're not saying you get hateful with people. What we're saying is that I'm going to figure out what I need for salvation or for getting past this addiction or whatever it is. And I don't care what anybody else thinks in the process. This is what's best for me. And that's what I'm going to do. That's the mindset that Messiah was bringing about so that when I start on this journey and my wife doesn't like the fact that uh, we stop celebrating Christmas or uh, whatever it is, that that's not my problem. Nowhere in the Bible does it does God even come close to bringing up any kind of idea of a Christmas celebration. There's in Leviticus, there's laid out feast that God says to celebrate. That's what we want to celebrate. And in that time, I was like, you guys can do what you want to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you not to celebrate it. I'm just telling you that I'm not going to be involved in it. And it doesn't matter because what happens is, is then uh, if your mind isn't set from that perspective that Messiah was talking about, then somebody can threaten you into changing your mind. They threaten divorce. 
or they threaten suicide or they threaten some some aspect to try to get you to change. Well, I don't want them to do that. And so I'll, I'll change. No, you, you have to know what you want and want it bad enough that you're willing to go through anything to reach that achievement. So in that, that being said, make sure that what you're going after is worthy of that mindset because anything in the world is not really worthy of that mindset. The kingdom of God is what's worthy of that mindset. Now in the process of pursuing the the kingdom of God, then you have to take after and go after the worldly perspectives that are uh, ingrained and programmed within you. But the objective goal is that I'm going to figure out this faith in God with the help of God. And I don't care what it costs me. If it costs me, my family, my house, my, uh, everything I have, if I live in a cardboard box on the street, so be it. I want to know the truth, period, end of it. Well, with that mindset, you can overcome anything, not just spiritually, but emotionally and physically as well in this world. And a lot of things, uh, you're being held back by something because you haven't made your mindset that you're going to change something. It, It sits there as a man, I wish this would just change. I wish this would just be different. I wish something different would happen instead of, you know what? I want something different to happen, so I have to do something different. If I want to get out of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, if I truly want different results, I can't do the same thing. I have to do something different. Something has to change. And I keep changing and shifting and figuring out until I figure out how I'm going to achieve the getting over whatever the issue is. And again, you can do some of this stuff from a worldly perspective uh, by setting your mind in that, that I don't care what pain it it takes me to go through, I'm going to get off these drugs or I'm going to get off this alcohol or I'm going to get out, out of these video games or whatever to this pornography that, that uh, grips you, whatever it is, uh, you can do that from a worldly perspective, but that's so it's showing you that you can do it from the spiritual perspective that if you don't understand earthly things, then how can you understand spiritual? But if you want to optimize it, if you want to optimize the help that you can get on physical things in this life, then find faith in God, pursue God for help, and they will give you the ability to understand things that you could have never understood without them, which gives you the greatest ability to balance your mental instability. And everybody has mental instability. It's just a matter of how far off the scale on each one of the aspects of the psyche that you are. Some, you're to the extreme, either to the right or to the left. And some, you'll be closer to center. And so somebody may be looking at you from a specific perspective and say, well, oh, I can see that uh, this person is is 
well balanced or they're they're closer to the balance line on this issue. But inevitably, you're going to have another issue that you're going to be either extreme uh, shield or extreme weapon. And you want to be close to the balance line so that you know you carry the balance between shield and weapon. You use the shield when it is necessary, and you use the weapon when it is necessary. But if you're on the extremes, you're just using the weapon or the shield just to get away from whatever it is that's coming at you. And so uh, help is something that you can get. There is help out there on various different things with the help with God, you've got to do it first. You've got to prove to God that you want the help, and you have to prove to God that you're willing to do whatever it takes to have this faith that ultimately will allow you admission into the kingdom. Aside from that, you can get no help, and if you don't want the help, and and this is a key, because we've talked about this before. You could say, well, I want, I want somebody to help me. I want somebody to help me. Until that want changed, changes to a desire that then puts it into, it's no longer I want to figure this out. It's I'm going to figure this out. And when your mind is set on the going to figure it out, that is how you can become that other thing. That that you, it's really you're changing from uh, a state of wanting. You you have to want, but you have to get to a state of being. You you have to be godly, and in order for you to be godly, you have to want and set your mind that I'm going to be godly and I don't care what I go through as long as I can achieve the achieve that goal of being godly whatever I go through is worth it and then you can start getting the help and it's no different from somebody getting away from any kind of addiction in the world until you truly want to get away from it you know, people try to get away from pornography because they know that they know it's wrong and maybe they got caught in it by their wife or caught by somebody else and they 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 know it's wrong, but, well, yeah, I'll stop. But you won't because you're, even if you stop looking at uh, some pornography, you'll get into the soft porn and soft porn is everywhere. Advertisements, uh, it's in uh, Facebook, YouTube, it, it's there. Uh, and you'll feel like you're, well, it's not pornography, but it is. It's just what you perceive as a softer version, so it's not as bad. But until you set your mind, no, this is not appropriate, and I'm going to get away from this. Can you then start the process and then you have to seek out people who have done that very thing and there's a difference between getting rid of something 
and suppressing it. You don't want to suppress. Suppression comes because you really don't want to get rid of it. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to push it aside and we'll push it aside and we'll push it aside. Eventually it's going to come back up. And when it does, it's going to come back in a uh, much greater form than it was before. And so we want to make sure that we're not suppressing things, that we're actually changing things so that they improve and they get better in the process. But in order for any of this to take place, no matter whether it's a spiritual, emotional, or physical condition that you have, in order for you to be helped, you have to help yourself by making a determination that I am done with this, I'm going to overcome it, and I'm going to figure out, I'm going to find the, the people or God, the ones that, that can teach me and show me how to achieve overcoming this in the process. It's an absolute must if you're going to change anything and get out of the insanity of your life. And again, by knowing that your physical condition or your mental condition can affect your physical body, you also need to know that a physical condition can affect your mental uh, condition where how many times you get sick and you wallow in the, oh my gosh, oh, I'm just so sick and I'm just, I feel like lousy and I don't like this. And does that cheer you up? That make you all, oh yeah, no, no. So when you're sick, don't let it affect your emotions. When you're sick, oh, okay, well, I've got this ailment. I'll evaluate it spiritually. If if there's a spiritual issue, I'll work on that. Uh, if there's not, then I'm just going to let it run its course, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right in the end. Uh, things come and they go, and that's the way it is. It's having a different attitude going into it that will help you to not be in the woe is me and everybody's against me and, and the world's falling apart. And well, you can have physical conditions that will drive your spiritual or your emotional life just as much as your spiritual and emotional life can drive your physical life. Like we talked about with the anxiety, uh, with panic attacks, anxieties in the mind, the transference of that to the body is the panic attack. So how many things spiritually can we correlate to something we have physically going on? And yeah, there'll be times where maybe this physical thing is going to follow you the rest of your life. Just as a, just as a reminder, just like uh, Jacob who wrestled with God and he went away from that victorious because he got what he came for. See, <clears throat> and this is a, I'm glad mother brought that to mind because <clears throat> this is a, a great example of the mindset that you have to have to overcome anything, whether it be godly, uh, spiritual, emotional, or physical, you have to have the same mindset of Jacob that once I, once I start this journey, once I latch onto this, 
I will not let go until I get the blessing. I will not let go until I achieve what I came here for. And that means that I'm going to hold on until I get that. And that is the beautiful aspect of the mindset that it takes in order for you to achieve or overcome anything is that same mindset that Jacob had when he wrestled with God that, and we know that God could have tossed him off at any point, but God wanted to see how bad do you want this blessing? And he was willing to, I will not let go until I get this blessing. And even walking away with a limp, but he got the blessing. So the limp is just a reminder of the struggle that you went through in order to get the blessing. And you, if you're going to have faith in God, you have to have that same mindset that Jacob did, that stop listening to Christianity when they tell you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and have the mindset of Jacob, I'm going to wrestle with God with this aspect of faith because I want to be right with God and I want to be in the kingdom and I will not let go until I, I know that that is achieved because there's too many places, too many times where people continually doubt their faith in Christianity and then write it off that, well, everybody doubts. So, you know, well, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I, I accepted him. So uh, yeah, I'm okay. And it's like, no, that's not an aspect of holding on because you're just giving up and trying to make it better for yourself that, well, it's okay. No, doubt's there for a reason because faith in God is meant to be uh, and and is achieved by an absolution mindset that I'm going to do this and whatever it takes. And if you're going to do it, you have to have that mindset of Jacob that wrestled with God, that I'm going to hold on to this and I will not let go. I mean, God even made statements like this when he talked about things that he was going to do and I'm going to do this and I will not relent. Well, that's the whole concept. I'm turning away from sin and I will not relent from that. I will not turn back. I'm going to find True faith in God, where I have a comfort and a knowledge and an understanding that I have that faith and all doubt is done away with and I don't doubt my faith anymore, and that is achievable. We know that, but we can't do it for you. You have to want it, and you have to want it bad enough that you're willing to hold on to God until you get that blessing. I guess for me today is the visual in my mind picture that Yah's given me as you brought out the wrestling with God. And um, think about this, Phil. Think about, like, put yourself, let's just say you and I are wrestling each other. And why did Jacob not die? Because the angel didn't give, he met Jacob at whatever pressure he was giving and it made me think that he's given everything all right well i'm i'm matching even though i have more that i could crush you i'm i'm gonna it is kind of like making me think of if somebody gets pulled over and they're aggressive with a police officer that they'll subdue them they won't hurt them by doing excessive force 
but they'll just hold them in place to where, all right, I'm going to keep you. And it made me think of that. God was giving what Jacob was giving and, and I'm wrestling with you. And okay, now I see that you're, cause if, if I exert to get you to stop, then you're going to die. Cause I can crush you with my power, but I'm going to meet you at where you're coming at me. <clears throat> and okay. I see that you've wrestled with this with me long enough that I'm going to release you now. And you've got the blessing now, but I'm going to see how long are you going to sit here? And cause I'm not fighting you. I'm just, you know, we're, we're wrestling. And it made me think of just watching Olympic wrestling, not the professional wrestling, but the Olympic style that a lot of times you're just sitting there gripping and holding and you're just at a, you're locked together and nobody's really getting an advantage. And it's just like, well, I don't care. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep digging. Even though this person's more powerful, I'm not letting go until I win. And the victory is in the mind, in the mindset. Like you may, like you could think, well, Jacob lost because you see he has a limp. It's like, no, I got the victory because I got the blessing of God. And that's the, the goal is because you notice it says that he didn't wrestle against God. It said he wrestled with God. So working together that we'll get this worked out and just, just had that visual in my mind. And I thought of this for help. Remember the story of the woman that had the blood condition for how many years? Well, I'll just wait for Messiah to come over to me. No. If I could only touch his cloth that, and she reasoned in her mind that he's the son of God, that he has the power to heal. So she goes through the crowd and is willing to push through all the pain to get to Messiah, just to not to, oh, let me embrace him. But just, if I can just, just like that with the rich man, Lazarus, that one little drop of water, if I can just touch the, I mean, if I can even just graze his garment, I know I'll be healed because he's God. And, and then Messiah did power just leave me. And they're like, what do you mean who touched you? And what was her mindset? Yeah, you should heal me. It was, you know, that humility of Lord, I just reaching out to you and well, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you because you're reaching out to God and God sees that. And Yah saw it that look at that. She's willing to do anything, even go through the crowd to be healed as opposed to, I'll just, if it's God's will, then. God will just heal me as opposed to, no, I know it's God's will for me to be spiritually healed and I'm going to go after it. And you end up touching the garment of God and then look at that. And I just, I thought of that with the help aspect is I know that he's the help. I know he's the resource. I'm going to reach out to him because I want the help because Messiah wasn't like, where's this woman that's supposed to touch me? He's just going about his business and people were all around him. I mean, of course they're like, what do you mean who touched you? People are just kind of like it's Manhattan. You're just, people are just bumping into you and people are reaching out and what do you mean? And, but he knew that, wait a minute, this is different that I felt the power of mother come from me and my father. What, what, who touched me? Like, so I can know who's, cause there's faith here who, and then her response was the humility of, and I can't remember what it was, but it, it was that Lord, you know, I, I reached out because I've got this condition and he says, well, your faith has healed you. And same thing with this, that we draw near to God, they draw near to us, but we've got to reach out in order to get the healing. So just another, another story, but this is a, just another one of Yah's great lessons to be able to apply that Yah will help, but you've got to be willing to help yourself as well in order to get the, because I had the picture in my mind of 
the term help as resource, like that Yah is a resource of knowledge and understanding, but you've got to go to the resource and the resource will say, just like going to an encyclopedia, a dictionary, that I don't understand this word. Well, let me go to the dictionary and all right, well, we're all right. So I read it. Oh, okay. Well, now I got the help that I need. I've got the, the resource gave me the information, but I had to go after it and get it. And this podcast can be a help to people, the people that want help, but to people that don't want the help, this isn't going to be any help. So it's interesting how it can be help to one, but hindrance for another. It doesn't change the truth of God. And Yah is a, um, I believe the word says like the you're an Yah is an ever present help in the time of need. Yeah, they're they're a help. But if you don't reach out for you ever seen this on your computer, it'll have the help with a question mark. And the help is there. But if you don't click on the question mark, well, I don't understand why nobody will help me. But it's like click on the resource, you see that you have all the information that you need. So this is another way to remove excuses to say, well, God's not helping me. Nobody's helping me. No, no, y'all can't be mocked that Yah is a help. But if you don't reach out for help, no help is going to be given. And it's just, that's a, and people will make that excuse. Well, nobody will help me. Well, you want me just to do it for you? Then, well, we're willing to help you, but we're not going to do it for you. And the hoarders, the hoarders program is a good example that if you, do you want help? I really do want to help. I really want to change this. Okay. Well, now we'll help you, but just going in, just like the drug interventions, the same thing. Well, we're going to intervene and, and confront this person. Well, what happens when you confront? I'm just going to dig into where you're not changing me. You're not, I'm not doing anything that you trying to force me. So therefore your help there, it is not going to help them. And I remember you said this a while back that with psychology or a psychiatrist or any kind of doctor that if somebody is coming to me and they don't want to change anything, might as well go home or go away. Cause I'm, I'm not going to waste my time because no matter what I tell you, it's not going to help you because you don't want to listen. And that's the same thing as like, yeah, Messiah said that that's why I don't throw the truth of God before the swine because they don't want the help. So don't waste your time. Go to the people that really want it. If somebody rejects what you're saying, just shake the dust off your feet go on to somebody else that wants help because don't waste your time with people that are going to fight against it. If somebody doesn't want it, leave them alone. And people may say, well, no, we're called to this great commission. We're to go into all the world. And yeah, but Yah said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You live the gospel, but he gave them instructions to baptize them in the name of the father, son, and mother, the spirit. Well, if you don't understand the truth of that, then don't be speaking to people about it. So just a, just another good topic for us to talk about. Right. And even attacking people in the world uh, about various different issues, abortion or homosexuality or all these areas, they just leave them alone. I mean, honestly, I don't have to agree with you in what you're doing. But I can't just leave you alone. It's not my, uh, I don't have any moral obligation to tell the wicked that they're wicked. No, my moral obligation is to make sure I'm living it right. It, because if somebody doesn't want it, they don't want it. 
and it's not for me to I uh, force it down their throat. Now, the only time to say something when somebody's not wanting to hear it would be God sending you just like he did Jeremiah. I've got this message for the people, but they're not going to listen to you, but you're still going to be obedient and deliver the message. Okay. Then that's the only time that I'm going to do it for you. I'm not going to go uh, door to door and house to house and stand on the street corner thinking that I'm going to gain anything rather than no let's look for the people who have a heart that they want to know the truth and then we'll start discussing it and then when we start discussing it we'll see and just having that experience recently with that methodist pastor that i if she really wanted to know the truth she'd come every wednesday she she'd figure out how to be there and but no, oh, we. She came to us, and then the the two Wednesdays ago, when she was told things that got her to doubt and got her to recognize the fear that she has, then we haven't seen her since. And it's what she does with it that will make a determination. But we can't do it for her. She has to come to a conclusion that either we're crazy and we don't know what we're talking about or that she's seeing holes in Christianity and she wants to figure it out. If she decides she wants to figure it out, that's when we will be able to truly help her. Uh, just like my brother, when he de- if he decides that uh, there's something wrong with his Christianity, then I have an opportunity to help him. If he never comes to that, I can't help him. I can't change it for him, not him, nor any of my other siblings at all. I can do nothing for them outside of speak the truth when God says to speak it, and then leave it alone. If they want to discuss it, they want to talk about it, I'll be more than happy to talk about it and discuss it. But I'm going to talk about it from a truth perspective, not a coddling perspective, to make you feel good, but from a perspective of, no, you, you, you want to talk about the truth. I'm going to talk about the truth, but I have to be watching and discerning. Do they really want to change? If they're fighting against the fact that you talk about getting away from Christianity because that, uh, it's not the way of God. If they're fighting against you on that, then there's no, there's no help for them. So it, it is important that people know is you have to want the help and you have to want it bad enough that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get that help. Doesn't matter whatever it is. I know that I have a problem. And so for those that are locked into Christianity, thinking that what they have is good for them will bring them salvation. I can do nothing for it until they decide that no, there's a problem with this and there's got to be something more. That's when I can help. But I I can't go beyond what they're able to to do. So like God, I have to figure out how to 
put the right amount of pressure. So however much pressure this Methodist pastor puts towards finding faith in God will be how much pressure we'll put back in giving the truth. Because if we're giving it with the idea that, yeah, this will convince this person or this will convince, no. We have to see first that there truly is a want and a desire and a need to know that truth and that they're willing to hold on to God regardless until they get that truth or that understanding, then we can help. But our help is only giving a little bit of guidance. They still have to do the work. They must do the work in the process of it. Sean, do you have anything else this morning as we head out for the morning? Yeah, just um, that story of Jacob wrestling with God. Just um, if you get a chance to to look in that, uh, that'd be a good story to look over again just to see the just a great mindset of focus and dedication and not letting go of God and really never letting go of God because we always hold on to God because that's where the blessing is, but just shows a depth into the old Testament that just like with things that the word of God, I'll leave it with this, this thought that as I was coming over here, that the word of God is a seed and there's so much depth in that seed. You have the fullness in the seed, you have, all the essence of everything, but there's just so much in it. Just like that story, do you see there's more depth and then there's more depth, even we don't know. And there's more depth even to where it leads to something else. So the, the, just the beauty of God's truth that is, is perfect and just encourage everybody to help yourself so that y'all will then help you. And then with that, then you can then help others. So everybody have a, a good day and Lord willing, we will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.